a lot of people struggle with that because they feel selfish or they feel like they put everybody's needs before their own. And I feel like a lot of people want to make sure that everybody needs are met before their own. And, and when I challenge that, it gets people to reflect like, well, I can't really take care of anybody else if I don't take care of myself first. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. My name is Rick Nusky. Just want to take, uh, take a second, of course, to thank you so very much for supporting the show. The feedback that we're getting is wonderful. I love reading through uh, all of your feedback. So thank you very much. It's making all the difference knowing that it's making a difference for you. Now, speaking of making a difference, I'm on the line with the wonderful Judy Skilling. How are you, Judy? Oh, I'm fantastic, Rick. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me tonight. It is my pleasure. Now, Judy and I are going to be talking about high performance, what it means. We're going to be talking about mindset. We're going to talk about habits. Um, But I think for the sake of context, Judy, we're going to need to, I guess, unwrap your life a little bit and share a little bit about your background, because I think it's very important to to share um, what you've been up to in your professional career leading up to becoming a high performance coach. Yeah, no, definitely. I'd love to just take a yeah a few minutes to, to share my background and especially how I, how this field actually found me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so in my in my history, I was served in the military in the United States Navy for about seven years. So I'm a veteran, and I was in the medical field, which I absolutely loved. Um, got out, got my bachelor's degree in nursing, and became an emergency room nurse. And I practiced nursing, you know, for about nine years. Um, and during that time, I got married um, to a, a veteran. He mm-hmm. was in the Army National Guard, got married. And within two years of our marriage, unfortunately, he was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer at the age of 25. Wow. Um, and that just completely changed everything for me. And at the time of his diagnosis, we had a baby girl. She was 10 months at the time. And it just pretty much changed everything for me. You know, now I'm working as an emergency room nurse and in the healthcare field, it's quite demanding emotionally, mentally, physically, you know, working long shifts. And now we have a baby girl who's a toddler, almost a toddler. And now we have this cancer diagnosis mm. and everything kind of just, it was a lot for me. Now I'm the only one bringing in the income. And so um, it was really, really just challenging for me. And I had to juggle all these responsibilities and, um, I love my family. They're very, very important to me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to find a way for me to um, find a way for me to spend time with, with my family. How can I be there for my husband to support him during his treatments? And how can I still be a mother for my daughter and things like that too? And um, as I was kind of just looking around, um, nothing really jumped out. And then one day I, I had this experience happened to me where I was at the hospital, you know, working my shift Mm -hmm. and I had my cell phone in my pocket. Um, and we weren't supposed to have our cell phones at the time (laughs) because it's a distraction and whatnot. Um, and my phone vibrated and, and I knew it was him. So I stepped out, you know, out of like in a supply room or something where nobody could see me. And I, and I looked at my phone and this text from, um, from him said, you know, I think I've passed out. I woke up on the bathroom floor and my heart just like, yeah. went to my went to my stomach and I was like oh my gosh I it, what what happened is he okay and he was watching our daughter because we couldn't afford childcare, and um 
just all these thoughts ran through my head. So I talked to my manager and um, she let me go home for the day. And as I'm like hitting almost every green light to, to race home, you know, I just had these thoughts and I was just, I didn't want to be in that position again to where I had to choose between my family and work. Mm. Um, so fortunately I got home and he was, he, you know, I ran into the bathroom, you know, to the bedroom where he was at. He was fine, but he's like, I just don't feel good. I need to go to the hospital. And here we go. We pack up our stuff and we yeah. go to the hospital and go through that. And that happened time and time again. And, and I remember just sitting there thinking, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't, this is really hard for me. Um, and so as I was kind of just finding something at the point of desperation for me to like, what can I do to still make an impact? Cause I love helping people yeah. and yet still make, you know, still make an income. Um, coaching found me. And when I understood the power of coaching and how much of a difference it can make, it just, it clicked for me and specifically high performance because it definitely complemented all the training I learned in the military, the training, you know, I had been through nursing school and it just resonated so strongly with me. And um, after, um, unfortunately, I did lose my husband to cancer. And after losing him and going through the grieving process, I really focused in on coaching and how could I use this in my own life? And I worked, invested in myself, and I worked with a high performance coach to help navigate this grief process, but like mm -hmm. also form this new sense of self-identity. Well, who am I going to be now after this traumatic loss? And, you know, who, who, who am I going to show up for now for my daughter and, you know, what kind of person, what kind of mother does she need me to be? So I worked with a coach and had amazing results. And I knew how powerful it was for me. So I wanted to become a coach and really have that impact with people so that they could show up better, you know, parents and workers and colleagues and leaders and really just make a difference. And so, um, so that's my passion. That's my goal now. And I specifically love working with, you know, veteran and military entrepreneurs, not because I'm a veteran myself, but mm -hmm. because I know that this is powerful and you know veterans get it <laughs> and yeah. they can adopt these habits and things like that so quickly um and it can make such a huge impact in such you know in that kind of community so that kind of how that's how coaching found me and i absolutely love what i do and yeah. um, absolutely love uh the the changes that are a result when people you know take the time to work on themselves that's so, an incredibly powerful yeah. backstory, a very emotional one, I'm sure. But I think that emotional charge that you still carry with you somewhat would, uh, I guess, uh, flow out onto the people that you work with. How important is it for, um, I guess, your military background and your experiences in the military in terms of discipline? How has that helped you, do you think, um, keep going day by day? I think it definitely has um, built a, a mindset of... Mm -hmm you know, um, I'm going to get through this, you know, and, and it's built that resilience that, that developed while I was in the military. I mean, um, I actually just wrote a, uh, wrote an ebook about, you know, the, the military skills that you develop to become like an, a, a successful entrepreneur and resilience is one of them. And when you're in the military, let's say boot camp, for example, you know, you have to get up at a certain time and you have to do these things because you're being told to, not yeah. because you have a choice. And that, you know, doing these challenges and doing these, you know, exercises, military exercises builds up that resilience. And so translating it to like my life today is that's something that I fall back on because it was instilled, you know, way back when it just doesn't go away. The more mm -hmm. that you build on it, um, the better and stronger it gets. When you're and working, so, uh, you're, you're working primarily with veterans. Is that correct? 
Yeah, veterans and entrepreneurs mm. um, and some military people as well too. Yep. Um, yeah. Do, do you find the difference between the diff- the discipline of a non-military background individual as opposed to a, uh, a military person who is who's been trained and has that discipline? Do you do you find that they're a different style of uh, person that needs different things from your coaching? I, I believe that there is a contrast um, and one's not better than the other. I think mm. they're, they're both equally, you know, they have their own mindsets, but in just in different ways. And of course, based on life experiences, you know, whether in the military or not. Um, but I notice that uh, when it comes to high performance, I feel that when I've worked with veteran entrepreneurs and veteran people, um, they can adopt it a little bit quicker than people who have not had maybe some military background um, because, you know, we're in the military, we're trained on discipline, we're trained on, you know, structure, we're trained on, you know, um, building resilience and strength and endurance and things like that too. And in the civilian sector, if you want to develop those types of characteristics, you have to do it by choice. Mm-hmm. You put yourself in those kind of situations because you see yourself wanting to achieve more and more and more. Um, and it's by choice that you want to develop those type of characteristics as opposed by force, yeah. you know, where the military, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So there is a difference, um, but it's not, it's not a huge noticeable, yeah. noticeable difference. It's it can be learned. Really, yeah, it can be learned. Fantastic. Exactly. This is great feedback. Thank you so much for sharing. Now in your bio, uh, you talked about transitioning out of the uh, military environment back into civilian life. Um, what are some of the challenges that come with making that transition? Oh my gosh, we sh- are we have enough time? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, you know, um, I got out in 2007. So, you know, now this is about 13 years since I got out. And I think one of the challenges um, was that I had faced was I was overqualified for a majority of the jobs that I had applied to. And I was like, what? Overqualified? how could you be overqualified for this? I would say it's, ideally qualified. <laughs> exactly. I was, I was boggled. And I was like, how is this? Are these people just being nice and rejecting me in a nice way? <laughs> <laughs> so it just was, it, it was so frustrating because, you know, in the military, I was, you know, trained as an EMT. I taught EMT classes. I had all these certifications and, you know, I was on resume, like an all-star type of applicant. And so when I would go to these job interviews and they would see what I had to offer and they're like, sorry, um, you're just a little too much from what we need right now. Wow. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, thanks, I think. Uh, so it's just... <laughs> Backhand you know, compliment? I, I, how do I even take this? And I remember I was on, I don't know, mine was like my sixth or seventh job interview. At this point, I was just getting so frustrated. And, and I was in this job interview to be an um, emergency room technician, you know, to kind of you know, help in the emergency room. And uh, the guy who interviewed me, he's like, okay, well, thanks for your time. And I'll reach out to you. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. Um, let me ask you, why would you not hire me? And I just, I was bold. And I asked him, I was like, you know, wh- why would you not hire me? And he's like, okay, well, then you're hired. Huh? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, it just, I think I was just getting so frustrated at that point. And I feel that like, the military trains you so well and mm-hmm. so much in a lot of things that when you make the transition into sort of into the civilian workforce, you have to start to assimilate. Um, you know, uh, people might not get your type of work ethic. You know, because in the military you, you show up on time and you're disciplined and you're structured and you know you show up 15 minutes early and 
and you've developed this mentality and this lifestyle that is not well received in the civilian workforce. And I think, you know, nothing against civilians or military, but I think that's one of the things that I've come across is like, what it is, what is the most frustrating thing that you've experienced? Um, and a majority of them are just like, civilians. They're of a different cut, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just, you know, it could be leadership, or it could just be temperaments or personalities or, you know, um, you, I had a really hard time adjusting because um, when, when you are serving, you just have um, what I call automatic friends, people who know that you're new, you're new to a duty station and new to the area and people extend out their hand and they're like, Hey, let me just show you around and take you under their wing. And, and, and they're more welcoming because you're new and you just don't really know. And, and I call that automatic friends yeah. just because, you know, they, they're just there to help you and support you. When I got out, I felt like I should have these automatic friends, but these are complete strangers who want nothing to do with me. So mm -hmm. it was just really hard to make friends even after leaving the service, um, just because it was just, you know, uh, I'm on my own. Like, I don't know anybody. And it was just really hard to kind of just make friends again and to build that community of, of support. Um, yeah, and, so and you seem to be providing that automatic friend for other veterans now through your coaching. Exactly. Yeah. And to be that cheerleader and to be like, oh my gosh, you're doing amazing, great job. And to really just, you know, be that cheerleader for, for somebody who doesn't really have many cheerleaders in their life. Yeah. You know, and yeah. we, we all could use a cheerleader, you know. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd rather take more than less. That's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Just to, you know, just to make sure that we're, we're doing what we need to do and, and to make sure that we're staying on track and to celebrate, you know, our wins and pick us up when we're down. Kind Thank of you. I, I, I'm thinking about this. I know that the focus is on high performance and I think about uh, what you've shared about the military service that you've been, you've experienced in terms of discipline and all that sort of stuff. But I wonder um, from a stress perspective in your time as an emergency nurse, how has that played a part in your life going forward? Oh man. How do you um, manage it? Yeah. It's, I mean, during that time of um, being, you know, um, next to my late husband's side, you know, mm -hmm. that was incredibly stressful. That was a five-year battle, um, a cancer battle. And, you know, honestly, the thing that really got me through every single day was just like, you know, let me just get through today. Let me just get through today. And it was like, I was on survival mode for mm -hmm. those five years. Um, and it was just like, well, let me just focus on what I need to get done today. I don't need to worry about next week. I don't need to worry about Christmas or the holidays, or I don't need to worry about what's going on six months from now. It's just like, let me just get Do through today. today. And yeah. let me just get through today. And that that helped every single day. And we, working in an emergency room setting, I loved it. It is an adrenaline junkies <laughs> playground yeah, if you're playground. into medicine. <laughs> and it, it is just... When you got people coming in with car wrecks and heart attacks and strokes and and you know you're juggling all this different stuff i thrived on it and i loved it and mm -hmm. i was able to uh you know manage myself better um during those types of stressful environments and um and i think that definitely helped translate into my personal life when i had to deal with you know a husband being sick and dealing with you know little one taking care of her and and dealing with the life stressors um, because I was able to just 
bleed that skill set of stress management from the emergency room nursing into my personal life and be like, okay, well, let's get this done. This I don't have it. time to complain. Let's this get this it. done. And I think that's kind of what the military trains me. Like, it's just, let's get this done. Like, we're not, we're not messing about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you Do know? you find that there's a time for all of these discipline, you know, responsibility things, as opposed to another side of, of duty in terms of relaxation? Do you find that you're able to switch off sometimes? Yeah, and I think it's important um, because it wasn't until I got into coaching when I valued that time of self-care mm-hmm. more now than I had before because, like I said, I was on survival mode. There was no time for self-care for Judy. It was caring for daughter. It was caring for husband. It was caring for patients. Very little time was for you know Judy's self-care. Yeah. And it wasn't until I got into coaching that I understood how powerful and how important self-care is um and now i have i make it an intention and a purpose to be like okay my self-care is i'm going to read a book you know that's a way for me to kind of recharge and calm down and that's my form of self-care you know and making sure that i pay attention to my my needs so that i can you know best perform and best be there for everybody else and bring my best version of myself Absolutely. And I think a lot of people struggle with that because they feel selfish or they feel like they, they you know, put everybody's needs before their own. And I feel like a lot of people do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. a lot of people want to make sure that everybody needs are met before their own. And, and when I challenge that, um, you know, it, it, gets, it gets people to reflect like, well, I can't really take care of anybody else if I don't take care of myself first. You know, I think you've mm. heard of the analogy, you can't pour from empty, you cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of concept. And so, um, so I encourage that with my clients. Like you're not selfish if you take time for yourself. You have to you look know? after yourself before you can look after others. Is that not true? Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now you and... talk about um, uh, habits. We talked about, uh, you know, improvement self-improvement i think is probably a really good one that i guess encapsulate encapsulates most of what we're talking about i'm wondering if we can go back one step um judy and define what high performance means to you yeah um of course and uh high performance to me i've always saw myself as a high performer i've always saw myself of like i achieve i want to achieve great things i you know Mm -hmm. do a lot of really great things and um and what for the longest time, I knew people who were, you know, they're these people who are highly successful, you know, they make, you know, they're really, they're celebrities or professional athletes or whatever. Yep. And um, I was just like, how do they, how do they do that? Like, how come I can't do that? You know, I don't have any special athletic abilities or any, you know, yep. skill set in terms of singing and dancing, but like people who make really great money in businesses or people who just have this this way about them like how do you do that i want to do that and so you know to me it's like high performance is like attaining that lifestyle but you're not but you're also living a life of happiness and your your relationships are good you know and they're happy and they're thriving and you have time for your friends and your family and your time for yourself and you also are able to um share your life's work you know the content that you're creating or your skill set or your natural born gifts and talents with the world and be like spiritually aligned and this kind of goes into that spiritual sense but just mm-hmm. really living from your true authentic self and enjoying life living as that person 
And to me, that's high performance. You know, it doesn't yeah. really matter if I make millions of dollars a year. I wouldn't object to that, but it's just more so of like, <laughs> me <neither. it's> just more, <laughs> I, know, I don't think anybody would, <laughs> but I think it's just more about of like living with my true authentic self mm-hmm. and being able to share my gifts and talents with the world, as well as having, you know, fun filled and loving relationships. And that's wonderful. And feedback. Life of, I, yeah, I, 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 and I sit here and I think to myself, surely in, in amongst all of this, um, when people come and work with you, Judy, that you talk about goal setting. How important goal setting is, is is this in this environment? Yeah, no, it's incredibly goal. It's it, it's incredibly valuable, and it's and it's and it is important. And I just wanted to, um, it's when we set goals, it's like okay, I want to make X amount of money, or I want to lose X amount of pounds, or you know, I want to improve my relationship, or whatever. And I know that you you probably have heard it's the journey that makes us the person, not so much of the goal at the end. Mm-hmm. And whenever I work with a client and we're like, okay, we, we've set this goal, you know, let's reverse engineer it and we do the practical things behind it. But it's also as I'm working with them and achieving this goal that we address certain things that might come up that we didn't anticipate. Okay, well, how do we work through this? And, you know, um, if you were to tap into your future self, what would your future self say to you in this kind of situation? And we use different techniques and strategies to get somebody to, to um, grow into who they need to become in order to achieve that goal. Because if it's, if it's an easy goal, you would have already done it by now. Yeah. Most of the time that when people goal set, it's something that's beyond what they've ever accomplished. And you're growing into that person that you need to be in order to achieve that goal. And it is important in order for you to, you know, shed that old skin and grow a grow grow a new one, so to speak. Yeah. Do you find that this work that you do with your clients draws out emotions, opens them up? Yeah, and even um, I'm I'm very empathetic, and Mm -hmm. and I love this work because you know it is, um, on a spiritual sense, it is where I can really just sit and I listen and I can connect with somebody. And all of my calls are through, you know, Zoom, and I can see them, and I can read them. And sometimes, um, I've, I've not intentionally, but sometimes my clients have cried, mm-hmm. um, only just because of a question I might have asked them that really just struck a, a sensitive area. It touches a nerve. It touches a nerve, and it gets them to be like, "Whoa, I didn't, I didn't think about this." <laughs> and when and I have to hold back tears because I'm just like, I want to cry with you, but I can't, but I can't, but I can't, you know, I have to maintain composure, but my heart is just like breaking because I can feel their emotional epiphanies, Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, oh, and it's, you know. And it, I feel, it's, and it's, I, in one sense, it'd be wow. a, a wonderful, empowering experience. Another one's quite confronting for uh, that person. Um, is this can this be a fairly quick process for somebody to to become a high performance achiever or is it is it a long-term relationship that you have with the people that you work with um so usually this is this is a i work with clients anywhere between you know three months six months to even a year Mm -hmm. um because it does take work to break old habits and to build new habits you know and it takes a process and it's and it's through repeated, consistent actions that you're able to start to um, build to that point of becoming a high performer. Um, it's with the consistency. Okay, we're, we're talking once a week. 
it's a repetition. It's building those new skill sets. It's building those new habits, which doesn't happen overnight. You and I both know. Yes. <laughs> if it did, everybody would do it. Would do it. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody would do it. So it is a, it's a labor of love. That's what I would love to say. You know, it's a labor of love in order for you to like get to that point. And when you look back, you're like, oh my gosh, that was like, you know, three months, but it felt like it was years ago. Like I don't yeah. even recognize that person, you know, cause you've changed so much in such a short amount of time. But when you think about it, you're like three months, that's, you know, that's more than enough time. It flies and by though. It, it, oh my gosh, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that uh, also as a byproduct of your wonderful work that you've forged some pretty strong friendships along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's humbling um, mm. because, you know, I, I love doing this work. I don't really, you know, I don't expect my clients to have huge transformations. You know, I come to serve, I come to give, I give everything I have during our sessions, you know, and I'm here for them. And the impact that the clients make um, is just, it's awe-inspiring. And, I, and, it, and it, it's humbling because the actions that they chose to take after our sessions is what makes the biggest difference, you know, in their lives, because they'll never be the same person again. And because of that, you know, I have formed really great friendships because of how powerful our coaching relationship has been. And then we end up being friends after the fact. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is great. Um, yeah, it's very unique. And isn't just, it? Yeah. And, and, um, you know, just to hear the feedback of, and hear the results of previous clients, it's just like, I knew you could do it. Yeah, <laughs> you fantastic. just didn't have faith in you. And I had faith in you. Well, you've um, got to pat yourself on the back because you know, you've had to work <laughs> to get to this point. It doesn't just happen overnight. Now, I, oh, I no. wonder, Judy, if we could actually talk through the mechanics of uh, your coaching program um, and things like where people are going to find you and what exactly is the process that you take them through when they do connect with you? Yeah, so um, coaching is not for everyone. I just want to share that first mm. and foremost. And, you know, um, I, I would love to coach everybody on the planet, but I know that <laughs> um, I wouldn't have the bandwidth. But I think, you know, coaching is not for everybody, especially this type of coaching. Um, and when I had worked with somebody who I had offered, you know, I was like, hey, I'd love to do this session if you're open for it. And she was completely agree. But when she heard what I did, she, she herself didn't think that she was a high performer. Um, because she was like, well, I don't see myself as that kind of person, but we, we worked together. And even if she didn't think that she was a high performer, I still helped, you know, her develop some tools and techniques so that she can just implement it in her life. And, you know, and if I served in that way, then so be it. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, if somebody was to go to my website, they would of course book a call with me and we would just talk to see kind of, you know, um, if coaching is right for them. And if it's not, that's fine. I can, you know, if they, if I could serve them in some other way, I can divert them to somebody else. Or if I, they feel that they, you know, coaching is something that's for them and they're interested in what it looks like to work with me, then we can talk about that. But um, I usually just like to spend some time to talk to somebody to really get to know them and see where they are at, you know, in this phase of their life and what it is that they're wanting to achieve and what got them to seek out coaching in the first place. Mm. Um, because everybody has, a, everybody has a reason. Yeah, of course. To see if, you know, um, to see if we're a good fit. Um, because I don't work well with everybody and people don't work well with me. <laughs> so, Judy, in that preliminary phase, what, is, what are some of the things you like to tease out? Just so give uh, the listeners a bit of context as to what they can expect if they try to make contact with you. 
Yeah, no. So I usually, I love to listen. So usually that time when, when we're on the phone together, it's me just listening to them. Yeah. You know, I listen to, um, you know, where they're at right now in their phase of their life. You know, if they have, you know, the logistic stuff, you know, do, are they married? Do they have kids? What kind of job are they, you know, they, are they an entrepreneur? Do they work in an organization? You know, and things like that too. And then really kind of just dig a little bit deep of like, you know, what, what, um, you know, what provoked you to, to find me or to be interested in coaching. And then even digging a little bit deeper, right. You know, then it's just like, okay, what is it right now that, that is making you really happy? And what is it that's not making you happy? And, mm -hmm. you know, how do you feel about your, your health even? And how do you feel about, you know, your, what kind of thoughts are you having? And, and, you know, and we really kind of just dig a little bit deep and really just have these powerful conversations. And, um, you know, if they wanted to, experiments or sample my coaching i offer like you know a three-hour coaching and we really go really really deep we go into what they're clear about in their life right now we go into like you know where are they productive in certain areas of their life you know are we do they feel like they have an overall purpose you yeah. know and we start to really look at those big types of conversational points that's um, a big one isn't it having a purpose yeah. in a direction yeah and and i think most of us are just stuck in this hamster wheel so oh, to yeah. speak <laughs> yeah. well, <You> know? <laughs> uh, this is some great insights into your services and obviously with your background and your skill set um, you have a very structured approach to offering high performance coaching so um, most importantly Judy so that people can start this process where are they going to go to find you yeah no that's a great question so they would just go to my website which is um, www.judyskilling.com it's pretty simple pretty simple um, one yeah, pretty simple. I like to keep it simple for, <laughs> for people. So they would just head to my website and um, there's a call to action that if you wanted to learn more, you just click the button and, and we set up a time to talk and we go from there. And away you go. Well, look, everybody who's on the call today, this has been a wonderful call about uh, upskilling and high performance and how you can get involved with Judy. And as is normally the case, I'm going to be making a link back to Judy so you can start having a conversation with her. Make sure you reach out to her and uh, press that call to action. And in closing, Judy, I just have to say thank you so very much for sharing your time with me on the My Future Business Show today. Well, thank you so much, Rick. It was an honor and a pleasure, and this was absolutely amazing. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.